Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Hey, That's what's going jam on? Right there. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. You know what you just tuned into? Let Your Voice Be Heard. You know what the name of the song was? Happy Now, but EDM. And we are here for an EDM Sunday where we talk about everything EDM. Jackie, you don't look excited. That sounds awful. I am playing music for the whites, Jackie. Uh, and you are not appreciative. Not the whites. <laughs> He's actually playing white. music for Alyssa, who's been consistently requesting EDM music every show now. Yes. And so. you know, the interesting thing about this, though, <laughs> is that most EDM actually grew out of black music because it comes from <laughs> old school house. We had a whole conversation about that Friday night before you got here, Stanley. Most pop culture, pop, most pop music that white people create has come from black people in general and EDM certainly, you know, electronic music in, in the United States. Rock and roll came from jazz. Exactly. came from bed <laughs> <laughs> you know? And with that, welcome to Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM. The Voice of Harlem. Happy to be back. Happy Sunday, guys. Happy to our live Sunday. Listeners. Yo, this is a weird December. Christmas is on a Tuesday. Oh. Yeah, I got the week off, so it's lit, but still. Nice. Yeah. Who else has a week off? She's like, I have a week off, so I'm going to work, like, the day after Christmas. I'm going to work on Christmas Eve. and I mean, I don't celebrate Christmas, so, and I could (laughs) have taken off, and most people are going to be taking off. She celebrates Chinese food, okay? Yes, yes, and movies. I mean, yeah, so, like, I don't actually care about or celebrate Christmas. I just like getting gifts um, during the month (laughs) and taking time off. But, like, no one is doing work. Why don't they just give you the week off? I don't know. It is what it is. Capitalism. The same reason why you like getting gifts. Because capitalism, I mean, for, like, the kind of work that Jackie and I do, it's not capitalism. It's just because, like, I had to fight to get our week off. I've been fighting for six months. Yeah, but you have to work, like, every weekend, too. So, you know, it's a uh, trade-off. Yeah, no, Stanley works all the time. And extremely, speaking of Stanley, did you want to introduce yourself? I guess I do, Selena. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He hello, doesn't like us. Hello, Facebook Live. Hello, IG Live. I see you, beautiful IG people. And of course, hello to my podcast crew that is always listening. I appreciate you as well. This is Stanley Fritz. You can find me if you want to talk to me on Twitter at Stan Fritz. You can also find me on IG at Stan Fritz. I guess I use Snapchat sometimes. Not really. What? Snapchat. You do? I thought What's you that? put Snapchat. You said yeah. you deleted it, Stanley. I did, but I had to Snapchat's put it back. Snapchat's over. Didn't Marilyn's we tell you to get rid of it? Marilyn still uses it, so oh, sometimes I gotta go okay. on there. That's what, are you spying on her? Pretty much, just to make sure she's okay, you know? Okay. And see what she's eating. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> and I would not make a comment to that wanna, right now. <laughs> if you want to you know, see what's going on with me there, where I don't post anything, it's Dark Skin Swindle, the only place left where I still have my old Twitter handle that Selena made me delete so I can have continuity all over the interwebs. Very cool, very cool. Riri told you to delete it. Um, anyways, my name is Alyssa Fuchs, and um, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Alyssa Fuchs. That's Alyssa with an I, I-L-Y-S-S-A-F-U-C-H-S. Um, don't spell that wrong, yeah. or, or you might end up being cursing on Facebook. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Alyssa Fuchs or on Instagram, Alyssa.Fuchs, because, you know, i got to keep mixing it up a little bit. And, um, and, of course, you could always leave a question or a comment on a politically preposterous fan page but we rather that you leave questions or comments on the Facebook page for Let Your Voice Be Heard um, and tune in via the live stream and of course call us at 212-650-6903 
Yeah. Morning. Uh, good morning, guys. This is Selena Hill. Instagram, Twitter, at Miss Selena Hill. Very happy to be here, as always. Happy that Jackie surprised us. <laughs> yeah, it surprised you. Surprised you. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, hold on. Is this Jackie? Yeah. yeah. Like, so, yeah, it's been a few weeks. But um, I'm happy to be here, guys. Of course, this is a show where we discuss politics, social issues, pop culture from a very diverse perspective and of course you guys can be included in the conversation leave a comment on our facebook live that's facebook.com slash let your voice be heard you can tweet us at be heard underscore radio and if you want to call in do so by calling up 212-650-6903 Oh, look at you not Selena, turning your mic on. Do you remember when I got the number wrong and we accidentally gave out the number for a sex hotline? Oh, uh, yeah, that, that was, was several times. That was pretty um, funny. But hello, I'm happy to be here. I'm Jackie Cohen. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. <laughs> hey, at uh, Jackie Cohen. That's J-A-Q-I-C-O-H-E-N. I'm very happy to be here. Very amused to surprise selena yes that was a great reaction to my arrival into the studio <laughs> so thank you for that um but yeah excited to be here nothing yeah. will ever top when selena said at your wedding i feel so <laughs> proud that we were close enough for me to get an invitation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is wrong with you it means so much to me that we're close enough friends <laughs> that you invited me to your wedding I mean, that does. Really goes out in history as like one of the best it was hosts the best ever. Toast <laughs> made at my wedding it was yes good. i yes. had the best you toast win. you thank win. you at top stanley um yeah so we have a great show lined up we're going to be talking about outrage culture because apparently everyone is always upset about something i mean i went on twitter this morning and everyone's really upset that offset decided to surprise cardi b and try to get her to take him back on stage no he, that's stalking like he disrupted <laughs> yeah. her entire performance and she she actually put out a video saying you know i don't want him to be bullied there's millions of people dragging him right now and you know she said i don't think it's healthy because look what's happening with pete davison like she defended him mm-hmm. but then she also uh, pivoted to pete davison who also uh, has been talking about um he's expressed some suicidal thoughts so we're mm-hmm. going to talk more about that and how social media has been used to amplify our outrage and if that's always positive and progressive or if it's not um um, but before we talk, get into that, we have a n- plethora of news stories that plethora. we're going to talk about. Plethora. <laughs> plethora is, is a fabric. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. We got you. I did. I, did. I tried You're it. Close. You're close. I was close enough, right? Thank you. <laughs> You guys knew what I was trying to say. Very so, cute. yeah, so there, there's a plethora of news stories that we're going to talk about. Um, Trump has been tweeting about everything. Apparently, Obamacare is going downhill and some other stuff that will probably make you outraged. I can totally explain that once we get there. The yeah. whole Obamacare thing. But if you're listening and you want to share a news story that you want us to talk about on air, you should leave us a comment on our Facebook Live or give us a phone call at 212-650-6903. You know what's crazy? On the call on Thursday night, we had so many news stories and we were like man if one or two things pop up between now and then we'll just add it and then like 47 yeah. things like what, what's happening in the world right now it's I, just it's a constant news cycle um, but yeah. anyways on that note I think we have to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to continue this conversation about the news so stick with us and we'll be back in just about a minute or two yes and again guys keep those tweets coming at be heard underscore radio keep those comments on our Facebook live this is let your voice be heard 
What's going on, y'all? This is Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHC, all the voice of Harlem. Sponsored by Hennessy and Chicken Wings, apparently. No, Hennessy and Champagne, beloved. Get your mixtures correct. This is Stanley Fritz. I'm here in the studio with Alyssa Fuchs, who loves champagne and chicken wings or Hennessy and chicken wings? Uh, Champagne and chicken wings. That is ill. That's a nasty No, I don't like them together. Oh, okay, okay. Just making sure. Thanks for clarifying, Alyssa. Yes, thank you, because you were going to lose your- Champagne and chicken wings is a bad combination. I feel like that's a great combination. You're you're both going to lose your I Have Black Friends affiliation card. (laughs) Why is that a bad combination? Hennessy and champagne go together like Pub Daddy and Mace. <laughs> really? Hennessy and champagne? Yeah. Are you, really? I, di- I didn't know that. But Hennessy and champagne will have you slumped. Says the girl that doesn't drink. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but anyways, folks, as I get confused about Hennessy and champagne and all of its greatnesses, <laughs> I want to tell you that I am Stanley Fritz. I'm in the studio with Selena Hill and, of course, Alyssa Fuchs, who got the snapback painted forward this time like an undercover Rangers. cop. Rangers. And, of course, Jackie Cohen. Black people don't know what the Rangers are, Alyssa. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> Not true. What are the Rangers, Selena? A hockey team. Team. Where do they play? New York. Where in New York? Madison Square Garden. Ooh. Okay, Queen. Booyah. See? Booyah. Name a player. Selena's yeah, my new best friend. Okay. <laughs> We're going to leave it right there. Let's you leave see? it right there. That's as far as most black people go because like, usually you go into the Nick game <laughs> and the Ranger game is finishing. And all along, people are like, hey, bro, watch out. <laughs> anyway, guys, we are not talking about the race wars that happened on 34th Street outside of Madison <laughs> Square Garden between 7 and 9 p.m. when Chetters had too many beers and Jay Sean smoked not enough weed. We are here to talk about the news stories that happened throughout this week. Things that made you laugh, cry, curse, go on IG Live, go on Facebook Live, or listen on the podcast a day and a half late because maybe you had things to do over the week weekend on a Sunday like sleep. And I want to start it off with one of my favorite moments of the week. And it's my favorite because it's not actually my favorite. It just really ticked me off. I don't know how many of you folks still watch and listen to Hot 97. I do all the time. Selena Drives. Congratulations. Yes, Selena yes, Drives. <laughs> this is so, like the only thing I listen to on the radio. <laughs> so Ebro of Ebro in the Morning was interviewing this young man by the name of Kodak Black. Kodak Black has multiple pending charges against him, including sexual assault. Kodak Ebro said to Kodak Black, hey, I know you have a pending charge, so we can't talk about it, but we do take sexual assault very seriously, and I hope that you can come back and we can have this conversation again. Then um, his, co- his, B-Mike, his co-host said, what do you think about moon landings? Kodak Black said both these stu- questions are stupid as F, and then he said he doesn't like the way that they target people like him when they're going through something. Ebro said, are you upset? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, well, you can leave then. Kodak Black left. A lot of people have now been getting on Ebro saying that he tried to um, catch Kodak Black with a gotcha question and he was out of line. Uh, Go ahead. Well, well, I'll say this because, like, again, and we're going to be speaking more extensively about outrage culture in a few more minutes. But the fact that people are so outraged it honestly is concerning to me and alarming because why in hip-hop culture are we still defending sexual, like people who have alleged sexual assault charges or who have been convicted or indicted, people who have problematic behavior? Like, to me, we have to get to a point where we, you know, I get, like, a fact if you're like, okay, I don't want to defend him, or you, but at least let Ebro ask him a question about sexual right. assault. And the way Ebro asked the question... It was so it was like such a roundabout question. He was just like, you know, you know, sexual assault is a big topic. You know, we're going to have to talk about it. But I know this case is legally pending and you don't want to go into detail. All Kodak Black had to say was like, yeah, I don't want to go into details, but I do understand how prevalent sexual assault is as an issue. Right. He certainly could have asked the question in a more targeted, direct way. But I think he gave him an out that wasn't, you know, I, I. 
I don't think that he did it in a way that was really trying to put him on the spot for, to say something that could incriminate himself or anything like that. But he did raise the issue. And I think that's really important. You know, we ourselves host a show where often we've had people on our show where we've disagreed with them. And it can be very, very difficult to bring up topics or to ask questions that we know are going to get pushed back or, or be controversial in the eyes of, of our guests. Right. Um, and I think that it's a challenging thing that as an interviewer in the media to hold the people that you're having on your show accountable for their actions and to talk about serious topics. And so I respect it. And I think it's unfortunate that he's getting so much pushback for it. It's yeah. like that time I confronted the gay Republican who came on our show and we told him that his accounting didn't make sense and he called me a socialist and mm. hung up on us. <laughs> I mean, look, here's the thing. Just from the legal perspective, um, I sort of agree with what you said, Selena, which was, yeah, it's not appropriate to ask somebody directly about some kind of pending charges they have, especially when anything that they say can and will be used against you. And that's not a joke. Um, and if you talk about an open and pending criminal case, you could also waive your right to remain silent and waive your Fifth Amendment rights. So, you know, in that sense, uh, and that's not defending, that's just like from from a lawyer perspective, I would always advise a client if they had open criminal charges and they were going on a radio show not to talk about anything related to their criminal case on a radio show or any media appearance. But from the, the per bigger picture perspective, yeah, I think he could have just said something like, I don't condone sexual assault in any way, right. you know, without getting into the own own details about uh, his own case. Um, you know, but just be I, I should also add, like, you know, the way the law works is we don't make inferences by the fact that, you know, your right to remain silent is un unconditional. And we can't take an inference that you might be guilty just because you don't want to talk about something specifically related to your criminal case. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like that is where it sort of gets a little tricky in terms of, of the law. Um, but speaking about tricky things in terms of the law, um, Michael Cohn's going to prison Woo! for three years. Look at that. <laughs> Although I read this morning that he might not actually be, but I, I didn't read too much into that. Well, I, don't I can know. explain that yeah, quickly, and please. I know you guys want to react to this. So right now, he's been sentenced to three years. Um, he did not get what's called a 5K1 letter, which is a letter from the government essentially stating that he provided substantial cooperation, which is what Mike Flynn got. Instead, he got like sort of a recommendation from the government, like, hey, you should be lenient. If he continues to cooperate and provides the government with a lot of additional information um, that would justify the government deciding to give him this 5k1 letter ask for a downward departure then they, they could go back to a judge and ask the judge to reduce that sentence from three years to something less but then the um, Mueller team also call Flynn a liar and said that he should have known better and like really flame him during his like court proceedings. They did, um, but they also said that after he did come forward and he acted quickly, he gave them information, um, you know, good information that they were able to corroborate, and he gave it to them fast. I mean, when it comes down to in cooperator situations, it's always about who flips first. Usually they're going to get the best deal because they're going to give Mueller or the prosecutor the information. Once Mueller has that information, like if Michael Cohn wants to come forward and give that information and Mueller already has it, he's going to say like, okay, good, it's nice that you came clean, but we heard it from Flynn first, so he's going to get a better deal. Right. Gotcha. Okay. So we don't think that this is the best deal, but do we think that this is like a better deal than what he could have got? I mean, like what does the, I mean, what does the length of the term say about what he knows? I mean, it, can we even say? Yeah, it's hard to say because there was sort of there's two competing cases. There's one in the Southern District. There's one in in uh, that Mueller's investigating. What we know is that he has provided some information, and that information has been helpful and justifies a lower sentence. But it does not appear that it, I think the issue is one timing. Some of the stuff they already knew, yeah. and two, you know, he did not. He wanted to do it on his own terms. Mm -hmm. Normally, when you go meet with the government, you spill everything. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll say this. Yeah, Mike, uh, Michael Cohen has three years. I know a lot of us 
um, are thinking or maybe questioning, does this mean we're one step closer to impossibly uh, having an indictment on Trump or having him be, you know, having some type of criminal charges be brought up against him in any way? I mean, some some of us are hoping for impeachment here. Does that mean that necessarily? I mean, it could. It, and that's where it gets tricky, because uh, there's a legal debate over whether or not a sitting president can be indicted. Some right. legal scholars say yes. Other legal scholars say the Constitution is clear that the method to remove a president for high crimes and misdemeanors, um, which essentially is felonies and misdemeanors or crimes, as we would call them, um, is impeachment. And then there would be then. But impeachment is inherently a political process. So you get into a situation where if the House impeaches him, but they don't have enough votes in the Senate, then he doesn't get removed. Then that could be, blo- you know, in 2020, that could end up blowing up in Democrats faces. He could end up getting reelected in the way that Bill Clinton did in 1996. Or it could go the other way. At some point, Republicans may see the writing on the wall and they may go to the White House and do what they did to Nixon and say, resign, because if not, we're going to remove you. So that's really interesting, right? Like, I think what's important to remember is that Trump still has a huge base. There are still people who are solidly behind him. And similarly to Nixon, you know, Nixon wasn't as unpopular um, for a long time, right? Like he he too had tremendous support yeah. and many incidents sort of led up to his eventual resignation, right? Um, and many other people sort of fell leading up to his eventual leaving of office. And I think that the same sort of needs to happen, the same sort of cultural shift and the, the same way that the party sort of forced Nixon out needs to happen with Trump for him to finally you know, leave office if if that is to happen at all. I don't think he's getting in trouble. No, I don't. I either. just hope they damage him enough so he can lose the, the second, a second term. Election. Yeah, yeah, that would That's, be best case scenario too for me as well. But let's get back to the mess in this, guys. Yeah. I want to talk about some other stuff. So, Centoya Brown, oh, yes. um, mm-hmm. the young woman who's been a victim of sex trafficking um, and who killed one of her Johns when she was a teen and got sentenced to life in prison, tried to um, had the case amended and hopefully get out earlier. And the judge said that she needs to be in jail for fifty-one years before she can qualify for parole. Okay. So like so my question is like she's still a teenager now. Was she being no, no. Ch- no she's no longer a teenager. She was incarcerated when she was 16. It's been 15 years. Wow. Right. She's been in. It's, so she was like charged as an adult. Yeah. Um Wait, and so even how though it happened when she was a teenager. How yeah. old is she now? Probably about 30, 30 31 something. Oh my god. Um, I mean, yeah, it's oh, sorry. Alyssa. There's a couple of things we should know about Centoya that like she doesn't have the, like the full brain functions of an adult. So she's a person with like, you know, with some mental issues. Um, and she, she's, she's just not this is not the right way to approach someone like that. Like this is somebody that, that we should be looking to support. And it wouldn't make sense to put them in jail for life. Right. It boils down to this is a person who was sex trafficked, who had no control or agency over her body, who killed somebody who was using her body and is sentenced to an over 50 year sentence now before she is even eligible to seek any kind of parole. Parole. Right. Right. I I mean, look, this is like it's a travesty of justice from the beginning. Obviously, she put on a self-defense defense at trial and she lost. Um, you know, and, and she may have won if this was not in Tennessee. And remember, when you go to trial and you put on a case, the makeup of the jury matters. The location where you are exactly. matters. The jurisdiction matters. I assume and I don't know for sure that it was probably a majority white jury if it was not an all white jury. Um, you know, things are very different. 
depending on where you're charged with a crime. We don't have uniform laws. Things in New York State that, you know, in New York State, she maybe wouldn't have been convicted. Or maybe if she was, she would have been eligible for uh, release sooner. I mean, just so, like, there's so many different factors coming into play here. Um, There raises another interesting legal question about whether she'll take a federal appeal um, to try and make the argument, like, from uh, the bigger picture perspective, that the sentencing scheme or the laws in Tennessee are unconstitutional. They violate the federal constitution. From what I understand, no decision has been made yet about whether or not there will be an appeal. So I I guess Rachel Maddow would say, watch this space. Yeah, Yeah, The governor is currently considering... um, um, What's the word? Clemency. Um, clemency. Thank you very much, okay. Alyssa. Yeah, well, and I think appropriate. I know we're going to go to break, but uh, really quickly, I wanted to just bring up another young girl of color who has suffered tremendously, um, the seven-year-old uh, migrant, uh, woman, young migrant girl who was crossing the border. Um, apparently, she was detained by U.S. Customs, and she died in custody. Um, and now the U.S. is saying that it was because during her hike, from um, South America, or I think it was Mexico, um, she didn't have like enough water, and she was dehydrated, and that's what happened. But her father was saying, no, that's not what happened. She was drinking plenty of water, and something went drastically wrong during the eight hours that she was in U.S. custody. And apparently, I think, the father had signed um, some type of form or like contract agreeing to what the U.S. was saying. But now it turns out that not only does he not speak English, mm. like Spanish is his second language. He speaks an indigenous language. So there was clear confusion. So this case is also very messy and someone has died. And Stephen Miller is on CNN this morning shouting oh, yes. at people saying that it's because of liberal judges that the seven year old is dead. Just one more quick aside to how trash the Trump administration is. The Trump administration put out a notice saying that they were looking for people who have gotten their immigration status recently to adopt some of these children they separated from their families. 170 families volunteered, and when they came forward for interviews, ICE came and arrested them to have them deported. Horrible. Horrible. This, this is your king. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it comes on the backs of the news that the Trump administration is now looking to deport Vietnamese refugees that came here during the Vietnam era, you know, as refugees from the war, you know, that we started. Um, and these people were given guarantees and assurances by the U.S. government for the past 30 years that they would be able to stay here in this country and, in fact, given special status yeah. uh, to stay in this country and now are facing deportation as well. So yeah. um, if the yeah. theme is the Trump administration is trash, I'm all for that being today's theme and if you're not depressed enough already don't worry we're going to go on a break but we're going to come back and we're going to talk about some of the other news stories and things that just basically have us all outraged and how progressive and healthy is that let's let your voice be heard Dejanay, I know you know who's in the internets, so thank you. I want to throw to Selena before she stabs me now. Go oh, ahead, Oh, hey, thanks for uh, that intro and getting us pumped up to Alyssa's favorite genre of music now. Um, yeah, so guys, um, I, if you are upset, I'm not surprised. I think we're all pretty upset. I'm outraged. Are you really? Um, so it seems like the internet is always angry about something from Ebro questioning Kodak Black about his sexual assault charges, which we just talked about during the news roundup to Kevin Hart's 2011 homophobic tweets to the apparently rapey lyrics of Baby It's Cold Outside. I mean, I mean, take a second listen, and it, they are pretty que- creepy. Um, to PETA's anti-animal language campaign. So no longer can we say, or at least they're asking us to no longer say, like, you can't kill two birds with a stone. Rather, 
we should feed two Miss birds Miss with, with a scone, right? So I say this to say, but we live in a very polarizing time. And often enough, we all express our grievances on social media about the people, the places, and the things that upset us. But... Has our outrage gone too far? I mean, just think about it. It's Christmas time. And while most of us think of Christmas, it evokes childhood memories, peace, tradition, celebration. But when CBS recently aired the classic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, social media went nuts. They were saying that how inappropriate is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer when it is promoting bullying. It's promoting a lack of tolerance. We should not be teaching our children this. I am not kidding. This is what happened. And then, Baby It's Cold Outside, that song, which was written, I think, 1964 and won an Academy Award, uh, it's banned from radio stations in 2018. I mean, Forget the explicit lyrics of rap music and rock music. They're banning Baby It's Cold Outside because people are saying it's rapey. I mean, if you actually look at and read the lyrics, the woman in the song does say, you know, what's in this drink? And then the me, the man is pleading with her, you know, baby, it's cold outside. Just stay here. He grabs her knee. It is a little creepy. So, I mean, people have called for it to be banned and now it is. And, you know, on top of that, there was huge outrage over Kevin Hart. And now this story is a little different, but again, mm-hmm. it, it, it plays into the theme of outrage culture. So he was supposed to host the 2019 Academy Awards. And it turns out that the tweets that he made between the years two, 2009 and 2011, they were homophobic. And people were like, he should not be able to host the Academy Awards because of these tweets. And he said, you know, at first, initially, he said, you know what? I'm not going to apologize. I've addressed these issues in the past. I've evolved as a man. I'm almost 40 years old, and I've moved on in life. But people weren't having that, and he had to uh, step down from the gig, and then he did put out an official apology in 2011, um, excuse me, on Twitter. But again, it begs the the question of, you know, are we just so outraged that we don't give people space enough to evolve are we just ready to cancel everybody or are we you know saying this is what consciousness this is what it means to be woke in 2018 and people songs music and art should evolve just like our culture has evolved right so maybe we're just raising our standards that's a discussion that we're going to have here on Let Your Voice Be Heard. And, of course, we want you to be a part of this. Leave those comments on our Facebook Live. You want to know what you think about outrage culture. Are we being too politically correct? That's what we mean when we say PC culture. And, of course, you can call in at 212-650-6903. So I'll open up with reactions. I mean, you know, Jackie, there's a lot. Yeah. Uh, Stanley, Alyssa, yeah, there's yeah. a lot going on. I mean, who wants to jump in I with can, a first reaction? Yeah, so are we reacting to Kevin Hart in general all or of just it, all like of it? Anything. Yeah. Well, what piqued your interest most? The Kevin Hart thing really, really interests me. Um, and I think, you know, it's hard to say. if I, I don't like this idea of, like, you can't say anything anymore. Like, everything's too PC. Because that's something that you always hear just, like, old people out-of-touch people say, right? So I don't really buy into that, like, oh, you just can't make, you know, these jokes anymore. Nothing you can say is, you know, these kids these days. Like, I always think that's sort of like a wash argument, and I don't really buy into it. But I will say, like, there is, you know, Kevin Hart, what's so interesting about it is he made these tweets, right, between 20, uh, 2009 to 2011, 
And he said, you know, I have since apologized. I've grown. I acknowledge how problematic those tweets are. It's hard for me to say, you know, I'm not gay and I wasn't. I mean, I would be offended by those tweets if I saw anybody tweet them. But I think about like a a prominent figure in pop culture like Mel Gibson, for example, who is like a known anti-Semite. Like if I heard that he was hosting the Oscars, I would be like enraged, right? Completely. Um, Although Mel Gibson, I don't know that he's ever apologized for any of the comments that he said. Um, and and we started to see him sort of reemerge. Like there was a while where he was sort of canceled by the masses, and since then has sort of started to reemerge in, in the past couple of years. So, so I mean, I am gay, yeah, so right. that's why I wanted to jump in there. I mean, look, this is one of those things where I think there's a difference between. Um, Somebody like Mel Gibson, who's like an outspoken anti-Semite, doesn't apologize for it. In fact, probably doubles down on it. And somebody who maybe has made some problematic comments in the past, like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and has come around and become more woke and evolved and is now being, you know, and is no longer in that place and has apologized for it. Now, yeah, we can say if you say homophobic things, then you're homophobic. That may be true. But the question becomes, if you've said homophobic things in the past or uh, anti-women things or sexist things or whatever like at some but you've become more woke like at some point um then you know we have to say like okay maybe yes we can recognize that what you said in the past is problematic but we're not going to give you a pass on it we're going to thank you for evolving versus you know and it's a hard line because there are people that have said racist things that you know still say racist things and are still racist now and you're like well where do you draw that line and I think the line at least for me when it comes to homophobia comes at you know how long ago was it Mm -hmm. what have you done since then you know if Kevin Hart is out there helping out LGBT people and donating money to LGBT causes and apologizing for these comments then I'm not going to give him a pass but I'm going to say look I'm not also going to get all like my panties in a bunch over something he said 10 years ago oh that's problematic language right there Alyssa <laughs> so a couple of things I want to talk about when people say they feel like um, you can't say anything anymore and I'm not talking for the people that drag the knuckles and have sex with their cousins <laughs> in the Trump administration I'm actually talking about just regular folks I know plenty of people who feel like that even I felt like that sometimes and I, I want to kind of like put some like clarity to that feeling of things are changing fast so something that was okay yesterday, sometimes it feels like it's not okay today. I think a good example of that is um, I was on Twitter, and then someone was like, and I said I was straight, and then like I got dragged on Twitter Stop it, for not saying I was a cis male. I had oh. never heard of cis before. So then I was like, I, what am I supposed to say then? Right. So I think so that's that. a really interesting thing that you bring up, and I, I think that you, Stanley, as someone who's very, um, you know, you have a huge social media presence. Yeah. I find that you know you'll write things that are like, if you think this way, you're canceled. Like if you think this way, unfollow me. I don't yeah. want to know you. I don't want to talk to you ever again. Which is like. Interesting, because I don't think you're wrong, but that's not how you talk about politics and, and you know, so, sort of social issues yeah. one-on-one, right? Like, you're someone who has a very nuanced uh, point of view and, and can sort of elaborate on these things in a more nuanced way. And I think that what we're seeing is a little bit of, you know... A little bit of an unwillingness to engage and there's no space on the internet to have a nuanced conversation or to sort of seek that kind of understanding yeah. on the one hand. On the other mm-hmm. hand, you do have people who are like, I just don't understand. I don't understand, you know, why it's wrong to say that. Yeah. And it can be extremely exhausting for people to constantly have to just be out there educating ignorant folks instead of yeah. just living their lives. So I, I think it goes sort of both ways. It does. And guys, if you want to chime into this conversation again, the number is 212 650 Yeah, so, I mean, so there's... 
there's a lot of different things that we, we can talk about here because, I mean, I get it. Like Jackie was saying, you know, there is no nuance on the Internet. To me, everything is very polarizing. It's black and it's white. But it's like where how how should we embrace or, you know, certain type of things like baby, it's cold outside or like even next to close like these different songs like art and music, which were created years ago. But now, not necessarily aren't something that we would say is something that's progressive or positive or becoming. Um, I mean, look, things just haven't aged well. Um, and I think that there's an acknowledgement that we can say, like, OK, maybe something hasn't aged well. And it's not that it it's 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 something that at the time was not considered to be problematic, but is considered public to matter. Now, that should be the jumping off point to have a conversation that is nuanced like we are having today. But, you know, going back to your initial point, Jackie, which is, yeah, because there's really no nuance on the Internet, it's really hard for people to do that. So instead, they just, you know, yell at each other back and forth curse each other out i mean i saw a take this week on baby it's cold outside that says it's actually a very empowering feminist song where she you know i mean i don't know about that that personally but i also think that when it comes to stuff from the past we again we don't need to give it a pass but we should also recognize that you know this is something that came out at a time where these problematic things were not considered problematic. I mean, like, you've seen the show Mad Men. People used to walk around and smack girls' asses in the office and say things that were inappropriate, and that would completely be considered sexual harassment today. Now, that's not saying in the past that was okay. What it's saying is, like, we have to acknowledge that culture has changed and have a conversation about it. Yeah, and I know we also want to go to a break. I'll say this. When I actually love the song Baby is Cold Outside, and when I started reading the articles and the analysis of it, I'm like, yeah, I get how the song is... Is very creepy but to me i'm i'm on the, st- the side where i say let a classic song be a classic like i don't think it should be banned i think music and pop culture is way more explicit now and so i don't That's know fair. yeah so i mean on that note i know we do have to take a quick break when we come back we'll continue the conversation again is outrage culture just too outrageous this is let your voice be heard baby it's cold outside i've got to go away baby it's cold outside this evening has been W-H-C-R 90.3 FM, New York They're just like ice My mother will start to work I mean, have you heard some of the lyrics and some of the songs that are out these days? Yeah, I'm you offended have, You ever heard Let Me Smell Ya? Okay, anyway Let me see you do the classic. <laughs> Another classic <laughs> Another classic? Anyway. Yeah. So we're back This is Let Your Voice Be Heard here on W-H-C-R 90.3 FM the voice of Harlem. My name is Selena Hill. I'm here with Jackie Cohen, Alyssa Fuchs, and Stanley Fritz. And we're talking about PC culture uh, and these culture wars. I mean, we've talked about Baby It's Cold Outside and how, again, this song is banned from certain radio stations because people are saying that, you know, it promotes rape. And I know Jackie had some closing comments on that before we move on to other issues and people who are problematic and have been canceled. Yeah, I think so. You know, you both made the point, Alyssa and Selena, that things haven't aged well. But I think it's important to remember that the, even though these are things that haven't aged well, that's a good thing, right? That's, right? that's society sort of reflecting that these are no longer values. But I think it's important to remember, you know, especially all the people that are calling for Kevin Hart to be canceled, that these are things that were at one point very much part of the 
pop culture, right? Yeah. Very much acceptable, very much things that maybe you even liked, right? And I think it's important for us to be a little bit self-critical and self-aware um, as we're calling out other people as to our own sort of misgivings and, and you know, things that we used to like that were problematic. So an example was um, Alyssa and I had this conversation about the movie 16 Candles, right? Which is mm. sort of seen as a classic and something that many, many teenagers grow up since the 1980s loving this movie. And I certainly did. And I think it's, everybody I knew loved it. It's literally a cult classic. It's a, yeah. it's a complete teenage classic, right? There is a, you know, a line in the movie, or there's a, a sort of side story in the movie where the nerd character, the Anthony Michael Hall character in the movie, rapes somebody after a party, right? He takes advantage of a drunk, popular girl who falls asleep, and there's a line in it where they talk about how, you know, they had sex, and she wasn't aware, and she was, she was like, did I like it? You know, and he says, yeah, I think you did, right? This is rape and this is so problematic and we watch this video of an attorney watching this and saying oh absolutely that would be illegal if you were you know looking at it uh, yeah. under the you know the rule of the law but these are things that we need to i think we need to sort of like broaden out our vision and understand that these are things that we all sort of liked and maybe weren't paying super attention super close attention to mm -hmm. um and sort of reanalyze all the things that we've um incorporated into our our you know, cultural understanding. Yeah. yeah, no, that being said, I actually wanted to switch gears a little bit and, and sort of go back to uh, what happened with Kevin Hart because a lot of people, especially high-profile, prominent black comedians, rushed to his defense. I'm talking Nick Cannon, D.L. Hughley, uh, a number of others, and they were saying, hey, guys, remember, he's a comedian. And they brought up the point that comedians do have creative license to be offensive. And then, you know, thinking of that, like, I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I get that. But on the same token, it was just last year when Bill Maher used the N-word on his show. Nice. Um, he, to me, it was very inappropriate. And at that point, I canceled Bill Maher. So it's like, Stanley, are we being or, you know, am I being hypocritical where I'm like, look, Kevin Hart has evolved. He deserve a pass. But Bill Maher it should be canceled. Where do you stand on comedians having creative license to be offensive? I think it's very simple with comedians. If it's not funny, don't laugh. Exactly. Right. Period. Exactly. Um, I remember I had a, a debate with um, one of my former colleagues from Nightperk a couple of years ago about Daniel Tosh making rape jokes. And I was like, oh, no, it's funny. And Daniel Tosh made a rape joke. And a woman said, that's not funny. And then he said to some guys there, he said, wouldn't it be funny if those guys raped that woman right there? And everyone started laughing. That's wild there's a great comedian Cameron Esposito who's mm -hmm. a great queer comedian who has a whole set about this idea of of rape jokes and she really calls out a lot of male comics who made them and yeah. uh, and she has a great line in it that's like you know I am a very funny successful comedian and I've never made a rape joke and if you can't do comedy without doing that you're just bad at your job you're just yeah. not right. funny well, but, I also, then, you have to recognize there's a difference between like just being offensive for the purpose of being offensive or saying problematic things like Bill Maher saying the N-word or making a rape joke and saying things that are sort of racy in a way. And I don't mean racist. I mean racy. Um, and and people finding them funny and having more like, I mean, like, look, I'm sorry. I don't want to go to a comedy show that's just like dry comedy. That's like a mm. bunch of like dad jokes. Like, that's not the kind of comedy I like. I okay. like comedy that can be I don't want to say problematic, so but 
somewhat a little bit of maybe a little bit offensive, maybe a little bit dirty. I mean, one of my favorite comic comedians subversive, right? is Lisa Lampanelli, yeah. who literally does a whole comedy act about sex and her having sex and other stuff around it. I mean, it's it's dirty and offensive, but it's not like offensive like Bill Maher saying the N word offensive. So well, you know, like there's sort of a difference between you know different types of things when it comes to comedy. But I do think we have to let art flourish. Like we can't just censor all art, um, and we have to be very careful about where we draw that line as to what's problematic and what's not. So I used to like Lisa Lampanelli. I don't like her anymore because I don't appreciate the way that she fetishizes black men and like tries to make her seem like she's. I think she says some problematic things. I know some people find it funny. I don't listen to her. So that's that. And I just want to go back on Bill Maher for a second and just like be very clear that he's a trash white person, period. And no one should support him. Not just because he makes racist jokes and he thinks because he has sex with black women, he can make mm. those jokes. But because before any of that, he was on his show consistently saying that Islam is a savage religion yeah. right. and that those people don't deserve mercy. Yeah. So Bill Maher does not deserve your support. Well, you know, speaking of the Bill Maher situation, that's something that was amplified um, a year ago by black Twitter. Stanley, you happen to be a CAD card-carrying member of Black Twitter. And, you know, just to push back a little bit, like, I get your point there, but Black Twitter also made a huge stink about Drake because 10 years ago he was performing, he was doing some type of performance art where he had blackface on. And then so you see sometimes it seems like Black Twitter just taking things and carrying, I mean, in my opinion, they're taking things a little too far. I, so I, I think you're talking about, quote-unquote, Black Twitter as if, as if it's a monolith, when they, even within that quote-unquote culture of black twitter there's like several different subcultures and subgroups so maybe there was some folks who were upset by that but like a lot of people didn't really care at least at least the folks that i follow i don't you know you, if you look close if you look hard enough you will find somebody who's outraged about something there, there was a guy that's everyone knows everyone who's on twitter and like is a person of color and went to a, and knows about greek life knows about the white capital who can shimmy yes yes, yes. and it would okay. always be videos of him shimmying he wrote an article saying how like corporations have monetized woke culture and they got mad at him for writing that i thought that was dumb Jack? So you, so you didn't agree there? No. So like it's it's nuanced. It's never the same. Yeah. Here's the deal. I think it's really easy to get angry at one person, and we're always as as communities seeking a scapegoat, right? We just want one person to blame for all of our wrongs, right? So Kevin Hart is one of the most famous comedians in the country, one of the most you know well paid comedians in the country. He made these tweets in 2009, between 2009 to 2011, and his fame has soared since then, right? He's one of the most famous comedians in the country. I think that our outrage at him is really our outrage at us, right? Mm. Like we're not mad about this one song that seems rapey and inappropriate. We're mad at ourselves for you know, decades, over 50 years thinking that that song was romantic and cute when we realize that the content of it is actually really inappropriate, right? And so I think it's a lot harder to hold ourselves yeah. accountable for this stuff. But you point. have to remember that, like, these are jokes. You know, Bill Maher has a huge audience, right? Yeah. It's not, he is one person, right? And he has, you know, a big production on his show, but there are millions of people that tune in every week to his to his work for years, right? He's been accused of this kind of stuff since the 90s, and people still still tune in and so it's it's problematic that he has this platform and he's saying these things but there are so many more people who enable that because they agree they you know feel the same way he does they laugh at his jokes that are inappropriate right and so what we really but it's harder to hold those people those sort of anonymous faces accountable for what he's doing well i mean hey they do get held accountable because of social media and i mean as soon as someone says anything no matter how problematic it is they get called out that's why it's called outrage culture there's not a lot of people who get passes for stuff nowadays because the internet does exist and it gives people platforms can, to speak up can i just jump off real quick 
I know I'm going to sound like radical ceiling, but white people consistently get passes. White people get all the That's passes. True. White people do stuff, wildly racist stuff, cry about it, go away for six months, do a spread for whatever magazine, and they're good money again. Mm-hmm. The reason that so many people got mad about Kevin Hart's comments is because Amy Schumer says wild, problematic, yes. homophobic, racist stuff yep. all the time. Yeah. Lena Dunham has apologized at least 15 times in the last year and a half, especially recently, about lying on someone who was raped and spoke up about it. White people get all the passes. No, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, look, that's just like in society, that's the case also. So, I mean, obviously it's something we've been working on trying to change, but it's no different than anything else, which I think also comes back to the point in the whole segment. Um, you know, yes, we, we don't, I, I think all of us could say we don't want to live in a society where everything is so politically correct all the time that anything you say, even if you're like, the snow that's falling from the sky is white today. People are like, oh, that's racist, you know? Um, <laughs> like, But like, at the same time, you know, where's the line? I don't know. Um, and I do think in some respects that some things have gone too far and that some people have been canceled for things that are less than problematic. Or Agreed. So that being said, Alyssa, and we're closing things out here uh, in 30 seconds. Final thoughts. Are we being over policed or is this consciousness in 2018? Alyssa. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's. I don't think there's a one answer to that. I don't think it's a mutually exclusive thing. I think in certain respects we are being over-policed and we're over-policing ourselves. And some of that is good when we are calling out things that are actually problematic. But sometimes I think, like I said, it does go too far. People are calling out things that are not necessarily problematic. Um, they're overly sensitive. And I don't think it helps us in society to be that overly sensitive. You know, at some point you got to be a little tough about certain things um, and you got to figure out what's worth being outraged over and what's not worth being outraged over because at the end of the day if you're it's like the boy who cried wolf if you're constantly outraged over everything when something pops up that actually is outrageous that you need to be outrageous and you start crying wolf nobody's coming to rescue you because you've been crying wolf so long well said um jackie we're closing things out yeah so i think that it's you know i I definitely think there should be more space for nuance and certainly in our conversations on the internet but i think that to my point earlier we're sort of collectively focusing our outrage in the wrong places right we're so angry at people like kevin hart which maybe rightfully so but we're not as angry at the academy awards themselves and the academy which is known to be sort of a racist homophobic institution that and they have a lot more power because they're in control of the images and the pop culture that we experience on a day-to-day basis and sort of put out the reflection that we see and sort of normalize within ourselves. So I think that we need to ask ourselves, you know, who are we holding accountable? Are they the right people? And do we believe that sort of rehabilitation uh, of past errors are possible? It's something that we should reflect on. Stanley, last comments. And the question I want to throw at you, and you have a few, just a few seconds to answer is, you know, to Jackie's point, are we willing to forgive people for past grievances or is are we, are we come to a place as a society where it's just cancel culture and you'll get canceled for anything that you say today or may have said years ago? We have to be willing to forgive people and people have to be willing to apologize and be held accountable. I think that cancel culture, a lot of it is just hive mentality. People aren't even really mad. I've gotten sucked up into it. I remember I was quote unquote outraged about the show Blackish because of the name Blackish. Right. And then I loved the show and right, I was like, then it didn't matter anymore. Yep. So we should be clear about that. And also, like as Jackie said, we're going at the individuals when it's not the individuals. All of us have been pretty much poisoned by a system that's inherently racist and sexist and we're reacting to it. And we have to go over. We have to attack that for serious. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. 
Why not be more upset about the institutions that have are systematically racist, homophobic, and non-inclusive? I mean, people are very upset about the song People It's Cold Outside, Baby. but how upset are we uh, that people are actually outside and cold and homeless? <laughs> and I'll say this. Okay. Last class. No, that's right. a meme that's been going around now. Yeah, seriously. And I just want to say this. Whom you listen to, what art you consume, who you praise publicly, these are all public outward signals about your own val values and morals. So I get it. Pick and choose what it is that you want to make, that you want to protest, that you want to speak about. But also take a look and say, you know what? I, you know, society is reflective of who we are. And it was just a couple years ago when people were saying wildly homophobic things and wildly racist things, and they got away with it. They still are. They still are, right? And they still do. So on that note, we're going to close out. I want to just thank everyone who tuned in and chimed into the show today. Uh, again, if you want to continue your support of Let Your Voice Be Heard, please give us a small donation or a big donation yeah. on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash beheardradio. And again, we'll see you next Sunday, God willing. Thank you. You know, it may not be so cold anymore. <laughs> Bye.